What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 67 of I4O. Um, after a long couple of weeks, I'm finally back and happy to be back in the driver's seat of this fine podcast. Um, I am joined by none other than Urban. Sounds like I'm getting a little bit of background noise from you also, suddenly. Oh, <laughs> I, can, I can work on fixing that. But uh, hey, guys, it's uh, good to be back lots of good topics to talk about today some you know some updates on uh new phones including the one plus 3t that's the main topic of today's show <laughs> the 16 <laughs> this isn't 2016 Irving. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm still living in the past it's we said this in the pre-show we never make any mistakes on this podcast <laughs> We don't. You are right. I'm sorry. I'm this sorry. This is a 100% factually accurate podcast, and there's nothing that can stop me from saying that. Um, but yeah, um, speaking of factually accurate podcasts, Alex Jones is no longer on Twitter. <laughs> I have to clap on that. I'm sorry. That was that was pretty. And just starting off, clap. I haven't I haven't done this podcast in a couple of weeks, so I ha- I've been saving all this material just for today. Um, but yeah, um, it looks like the gay frogs finally got to Alex Jones. He has been officially banned from Twitter, um, and he was he's been I think this is the the final social media um, platform to do this. I don't think there's any other ones that still will host him anymore. I think. Facebook and all the big ones anyway, all the ones that are important for what you might want for like ad revenue. Yeah. That's those have all dropped him. But, um, maybe like, maybe if you wanted to go to Tumblr or to Reddit, or if he wants to go to vote, which is where the people who think that Reddit is too bad go to. Um, so yeah, um, just because he's an abusive person, they have gotten rid of him. This is good. I'm happy. Um, yeah, Nice little quick story, but um. yeah, they removed him. Uh, there's really no other big platform. I don't know if he he's ever uh, tried to stream on Twitch. I don't know if Twitch hasn't been in the discussions that I've seen. No, he's always been uh, on Periscope, right? Yeah, the Periscope was was pretty big, um, and his also his uh, app from the App Store got pulled. Um, uh, which was, I think, uh, what a lot of people downloaded once all yeah. of this started happening. Um, it's still in the Google Play Store, which is his app. Interesting, yeah. Um, but it's it's been removed from the Apple App Store. Okay. Um, I like this tweet from Twitter Safety. Um, they're saying today we permanently suspended Real Alex Jones and Infowars from Twitter and Periscope. Um, We took this action based on new reports of tweets and videos posted yesterday that violate our abusive behavior policy. I like how it was just videos posted yesterday Mm -hmm. on September. It wasn't anything else in the past. Uh, It was just September 5th that really irked Twitter. Yeah. All things. And, th- and this was days after him. So he went, there was a hearing in Washington, D.C. with uh, the CEO of Twitter and uh, I forget some other executive from other company. I forget. I can't think of the top, but uh, mainly Twitter, because that's what it relates to right now. And Alex Jones was there and he confronted uh, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter. And this happened days after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, 
could be a could be a, a why it happened, but. It's a conspiracy. Oh. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll end up covering this on my other podcast. The Conspiracy <laughs> Theory Podcast. There you go. Plug it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll plug that later in the show. It's, it's too early for that now. But um, we do have some other topics that we should get into. And one of them is near and dear to you and I in particular. Um inbox is going away um this is devastating to me because this is the only good mobile platform for gmail in my opinion yeah so if people who don't know inbox uh was launched by the gmail team back in was it 2016 2014 20 wow 2014 2014 it was launched that was a sort of a different way of interacting with your email and i've been using it since day one as soon as it came out i fell in love with it this was on the same level as google photos for me this and it's just not the same. I mean, here's hoping that they finally decided that they're going to consolidate and overhaul. Yeah. So, Gmail yeah. So, because the website got an overhaul. Yeah. So they've been putting bits and pieces from inbox into Gmail. So the, the writing has been on the wall, I yeah. think, for a bit. Um, but it's still not the full Gmail, especially on mobile. Um, desktop Gmail is fine. But on mobile, this completely changed the way I, I did email. Yeah, um, that, that actually interrupts my workflow just because like desktop was Gmail and mobile was inbox for me, 100 percent. Yeah. So that's it's frustrating that and this is just like one more thing that Google just decided to turn off because why not? It's not one of those things where like they give you like it'd be one thing if they gave you like a clear path of what their next steps were for their product line. But it's just like, hey, guess what? We're turning it off oh well yeah <laughs> move on to the next one and uh while i was doing research for this story i came across an article uh, uh, a blog post that was posted uh in july of this year uh by uh, a gentleman named benjamin brendel who says that uh, he has made the permanent switch over to inbox? <laughs> Cue the sad. <laughs> he just checked his. Yeah, oh, he's just like looking at articles online. He's just like, no, oh man. He he had since 2014 to switch over, and he did it. What uh, less than a year before they they're like, yeah, we're just gonna shut it down in March 2018. Yep. Well, he's going to enjoy it from the July when he switched over to March. Yeah. He'll be a happy camper, but sad. Hopefully by then we'll know some, and that's March 2019, right? So hopefully by then we'll know more of what their actual plan is here. Um, Just because Google and roadmaps aren't exactly like aren't exactly a hand in hand discussion. Like Google's not exactly like, Hey, we're getting rid of this, but we're getting rid of it because we're updating this, 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 and our focus is being shifted to this. They're just like, hey, um, remember that thing you like? Uh, deuces. And just like turn it I'm off. I'm curious on the numbers. Like, what is the percent of Gmail users who used? I think that's a, probably the metric that they use internally at, at Google to so say, okay, let's say 10% 
of users as Gmail users who were just using inboxes. Like it, it, at that point, it's not worth for Google to invest the developer um, brain power to you know keep maintaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and they Google likes to kill projects all the time. Yeah, it seems like Inbox was, and even if they had just up from, from the beginning like sold this app as a beta testing playground for gmail features i would have been much more accepting of this news but to me it's just google taking away another app in my opinion and it's frustrating and um that's another thing that they're going to miss out on by getting rid of this because they did for the longest time experiment with features that eventually found their way into gmail in inbox so um yeah that's annoying. I don't know. I, I, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful that uh, Gmail will bring um, all the features or most of the features that I'll be missing from Inbox once it does go. But I'm going to keep yeah. using it until it goes away. Yeah, I'm going to use it from day one to day final or the la- whatever the day zero would be the last day. Maybe I don't know. But I'm using it until they shut it off. Yeah. Until I open the app and it's like, nope. nope. <laughs> take it from my dead cold hands. <laughs> Yeah, they could take it from my cold, dead inbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it, I don't know, it's annoying. Um, and then, like I said, hopefully by then, Gmail will have a nice mobile experience. Because right now, the mobile experience on Gmail is, um, to say the least, obtuse. I don't know how it is on iOS, if you have any experience with it in there. But um, it's not looking too good on Android. It's pretty, like it's pretty top heavy you're talking about the gmail app yeah gmail not in yeah I, I haven't tried G- the gmail app on, on ios yet okay yeah I might well, you're, gonna, with you're gonna have to unless you want to find a new third party inbox yeah but um or if you just want to use email i don't know if i don't know how apple's email app is but that's beside the point it's neither here nor there yeah um in fact that may be later in the show um oh teasers yeah i don't want to tease it um but before that we have to talk about another phone we do um so oneplus is has been making uh quite you know uh, pretty fairly uh nice phones in the past couple of years that was when they have launched i mentioned the 3t earlier in the episode accidentally <laughs> uh but uh so uh, this all happened uh because so right now they currently have the oneplus 6 out uh, you can buy it um, unlocked and you can use it all, all in the U.S. specifically on, on T-Mobile and AT&T. Um, and then a package got leaked for the OnePlus 3, or 6T. I almost said 3T again. <laughs> uh, one, OnePlus 6T. And it's just a package. And, and within that package, there's some uh, uh, depictions of a picture where it, it potentially was showing an in in screen fingerprint reader. So we, we've been seeing these more and more, a lot of them from uh, Chinese manufacturers, phones from, from Chinese manufacturers. And uh, surprisingly, OnePlus actually came out and confirmed that the OnePlus 60 will in fact have a uh, in screen fingerprint reader, which I think is huge, especially at the, the price ranges that yep. a OnePlus is typically uh, launching phones at. And another sort of big news that I don't think has been confirmed yet by OnePlus, but it's a, a rumor 
that's been floating around that uh, T-Mobile will be working with OnePlus to launch that phone in the U.S. That, I think, is bigger than the in-screen finger. The in-screen fingerprint scanner is just icing on the cake if it works as fast as they're touting that it will. Um, or as fast as I hope that they'll tell it will, because I, I would imagine they wouldn't have included this if it was an older, um, if it was like a slower sensor. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. They, they, I don't think they would put in a phone if they didn't think it was ready or on par what they, with what they currently have in the phones. But yeah, I think, I think having it on T-Mobile in the U S is key because the way, that specific this is speaking to the u.s market because i know in internationally it's very different on how people buy phones but in the u.s mm. majority of the phones are being bought when you go into a store and people are looking i was like oh what should i get yeah. do i want android ios and then they make the ver- choice of android and then you have a whole plethora of options yep. the majority of people gravitate towards samsung but there's other options out there and having OnePlus physically in stores and having reps, you know, trying to sell these phones and at that price range, I, I think it would be really attractive to, you know, people who might not be exposed to the OnePlus. Because I think uh, you might, you probably will agree with me that the OnePlus really has been that enthusiast level. If you really didn't know about the company, yeah, the normal pe- person wouldn't know what a OnePlus phone was. The, the, the best way that I like to describe it is that, um, at least to me, uh, OnePlus picked up where Nexus left off. Um, it's where people who were previously fans of like the Nexus line of phones before Google moved on to its Pixel line, that um, has really held on to that group, I think, more than any other group. Yeah. Just because it's been... Their whole motto is the never settle thing. So it's like um, packing as many flagship features as possible into a phone at a third the cost of most of the competition. Um, Do you know how much the original six sold for? Wasn't it like uh, $599 or $599? I think. $29, okay. Yeah, yeah, and if if they can even come in that range, that undercuts... um, even like the the cheap phones that are coming out from more like well-known and well-established companies and having a phone that looks this good is packed with that many features and also has a like fun attractive feature like an inbuilt fingerprint scanner to attract the average person to be like hey Mm -hmm. the fingerprint sensor is the screen like that would be something that would be a draw for people yeah if they can get this out under 600 i think they'll have a a really uh, successful phone if they can get the marketing right which i know oneplus hasn't had the best of luck with with trying to market <laughs> they had some uh uh fumbles there a couple times with the one park oneplus marketing team but if they can get that right get the messaging across and really capture that market where people are looking at all these samsung phones and they're not cheap samsung phones are right up there with um all the other you know especially now with the nine out there yeah yeah all the other flagship phones and they're like oh i can get pretty much the same features and a full screen right this will have an edge to edge screen uh just like the iphone uh more than actually the the notes and the samsung galaxy s9 even Mm -hmm. um and have that extra feature and it'll yeah, I, I, if this works out, I think it'll be huge. 
Yeah, and they're expecting it to start at five fifty. I think is what the current rumors are. Yeah, they they've been increasing prices every single release, but yeah, it was really cheap to start. But out. I mean, like increasing prices is relative, considering that it's still the the price that you would have paid for a flagship three years ago. Right. Like yeah. it's it's compelling when you look at the other options, because I can I can justify five hundred and fifty dollars way easier than I can twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. When it comes to a smartphone or something as fragile as a smartphone, yeah. Um, but and also like if they add things like any kind of waterproofing, stereo speakers, and wireless charging, um, and also their camera, which isn't bad. They haven't exactly been known for the best camera, but it's also not the worst camera. Like it's a perfectly serviceable um, camera in its own yeah. right. So yeah. if they can nail any of that as well as this. Um, then I think they're sitting on possibly their best-selling phone upcoming. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I I would love to see this phone succeed because um, it's getting kind of the, the the smartphone market's getting a little bit stagnant, if you ask me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, but we'll we can talk more about that later. Um, <laughs> let's move into the other articles that we have um we have one more quick story to go over and then we can jump into the the heavier hitting articles for the show tonight um so the first one is the uh this is more pertinent to any developers who are listening um the google photos api is available for developers so um, this is going to include the api for google photos which lets third-party services use some of the features um, that google photos offers such as its search functionality Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with google photos it's um, now that inbox is going away it's the best experience that google has come out with in the last few years um, in my opinion and probably in yours as well, um, just because of how good the the service is itself and how easy it is to use. Um, but they have a lot of machine learning and AI embedded in this app, which let you search for photos by date, content, more. It's like whatever. So I have photos of my dog and I can just search for my dog like I, I can enter in her name and it will show me every picture that she's in identified by their ai without me having to like search or do anything and it's like I, I, it's at the point where i take these features for granted now yeah um and having the ability to hook into those features as a developer i think that would be like i think that could be huge yeah if you direct the api access to whatever you have a photo editing app and you want to pull some photo up and you just type in the name of the person and the google photos has already done the tagging of it you could pull that app or the picture right into the app without like having to manually select. like because if you've gone through that process of trying to pull a picture from google photos into another app it's kind of cumbersome at the moment mm-hmm. so i think this this direct api will be huge and and greatly benefit the um, sort of exposure to Google Photos as well. Also, mm-hmm. the accessibility of Google Photos from not just the Google Photos app, which is great, but other third-party uh, apps. So it's been in, in, in private uh, beta uh, since, I think, Google I.O. 
Um, and now it's open to any developer. So if you don't play around with the Google Libraries API and then you want to integrate it into your app and it makes sense, uh, you can go ahead and play around with it. Yeah, interesting. So, can't wait to see what people come up with. Interestingly enough, uh, according to this article, HP and the Facebook service TimeHop, those are already working with this API. Yeah. Um, so well, well, I, I'm curious what HP is doing with yeah, photos. I have no idea. That'd be weird. I don't I have no idea. Yeah, that's really, I don't know. Um, maybe they're trying to build their own like photos application or something for their new HP computers or something. I, I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I'm, I'm curious to see what they, what they're looking into by that. Um, so those were the quick stories of this week. Just wanted to do a little touch on. We did a little back and forth, a couple of them, but these are kind of short, but we have a couple of uh, big agenda items that we came across this past week. Uh, the first one involves Microsoft and their, uh, push to make everyone use edge again hey, or edge is it just me or is this 1990s microsoft coming back in full force <laughs> um they are interrupting chrome and firefox installations to promote edge in windows 10 uh which is not okay <laughs> at all um if you open Edge and you search for Chrome or Firefox using Bing, Edge's default search engine, which is something else that's also owned by Microsoft, you'll be presented with a banner informing you that Microsoft Edge is faster, is, a, is the faster, safer browser on Windows 10 and is already installed on your PC. Um, while that's great, um, I would hope that anybody using their computer would know that Edge is installed on their computer if they're in edge searching for chrome right <laughs> i don't think they need to know this again i mean if you're already you, know, in edge. you never know some some people just look at the internet explorer uh, icon or now edge icon and say oh that's the internet that's the internet to them so it's like um i don't know so what you just described it's what Microsoft has been doing that's just but the now, yeah now they took it a, a one step further um, and now if you actually get the downloadable EXE for either Chrome or F Firefox, once you s click that EXE, it'll actually put up a pop-up within Windows to say, oh, with the same sort of idea and message, saying, oh, you already have Edge installed, no need for another browser. Um, and then you have to go through um, and and click out of that if you actually want to install chrome or firefox yeah it's kind of kind of crazy and I, I think I, I know that microsoft got in a huge trouble within the eu of uh uh trying to you know having internet explorer as the default browser um and the eu uh, regulations came out that they had to present uh, the user with uh, several options when they first wanted to launch a uh, go on, on the internet um, and I think this might get them in trouble again. Yeah. No, I, I think this is, and it's, it, it's something to tell people it's in an insider preview right now. It hasn't made its way into a live version of windows just yeah. yet. Um, and I hope for the love of all that is good, that it does not make it into a production version of windows. Um, because I think this is on the same level, if not worse than back when, they were forcing Windows 10 installs back in 2016. Um, 
I think this is worse, honestly, because it, it gives the implication that Chrome and Firefox are viruses by giving by spamming you with a pop up being like, oh, hey, have you checked out this cool browser that you probably use to get the other browser? Like, oh, hey, look at this. Firefox is not as fun as Edge. Oh, hey, look, don't I bet you want this pop up to go away. <laughs> like, I don't I don't like this at all. This is not OK. This is not how computers should work. Um, and I think that if this does make it into a production, I think we'll see a very similar thing to what the EU forced on Microsoft back in the way back when. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it frustrates me and it angers me. In this article, it says, what's next? When I try to install VLC media player, will just take me to the films and TV app? Yeah. <laughs> on Windows 10. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, you got to open up like Photoshop and it's like, hey, have you heard of Paint 3D? It's like <laughs> it's faster and much more user friendly. And oh, it's already on your computer. <laughs> yeah, but it's Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they tried it. It's like, hey, you opened up inbox by Google. Wow, have you heard of this cool program why, called Outlook? Why can't they be just happy that people are using Windows 10? Why are they keep pushing yeah. edge down people's throats? I don't understand what it, it's all about just market share because they see that the market share of IE slash edge is going down like crazy because everyone's moving away from them. Yeah. Is it just that they just want more market share? Maybe. And I maybe and I think they they personally think that it's a better experience. It might be. I haven't used Edge for an extended period of time. People but don't. I have so many features already, you know, invested within Chrome and also Firefox. That's yeah. like and like the also going off of what you're saying, the developer support for Edge just isn't there because they don't make it as easy as they do on Chrome or on Firefox to open up that to developers. And on top of that, um, you have more compelling reasons to use other browsers because I would actually argue that Firefox is probably more secure than Edge in terms of their encryption and the ability to control its configurations and and Chrome's uh, isolated browser tabs that they had just recently added like i would argue that those are just as safe if not maybe more secure than edge edge is relatively unproven in the browser space whereas chrome and firefox have been around for maybe firefox has been around for decades and chrome not as long but still a much longer time than edge um yeah and it's like microsoft is very much in the same microsoft is in the computer space very much similar to samsung in that they have to have a companion app for every popular feature out there just to say that like hey you can just stick with us it's like they have like you have people use gmail but you can get an outlook account people use google docs but then they can do this on some on word which has been around for a, a little bit longer but um even more so it's like hey you could use chrome or other browsers or you could use edge our own thing it's fun it has cortana built into it look at it it's really cool i don't know um my rants my rants over <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know um but yeah so that's just that's that's my hopefully that's my hot take. Make, yeah hopefully it doesn't make it into the final version like you mentioned it's not 
It's just an insider preview right now. Um, so yeah, hopefully it doesn't make it into fun. They're just testing this out um, and see what the feedback is. And now they know. And yep. <laughs> if they're smart, they'll make the right decision. But um, we'll see. We'll see what. Uh, if not, then we may look forward to some developers coming up with their own tools to eliminate this uh, pop up. Um, but I guess if you're on the insider program, turn off ad recommendations because chances are you probably use Chrome. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I yeah, that, that, my rant's over. We should we should move on to the next topic though because I do <laughs> I do want to talk about that one. Um, just because that one is like a big thing in the tech industry, and I don't think many people are fully aware of what it means or what it is. Um, it's a CNET article, so you'll have to bear with me for the formatting, just because they don't understand what web, um, what they don't understand what mobile formatting is. Because um, like their look, their titles over here, but then if I scroll away to the left, it lines up with the the article. Te- I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, CNET has you feeling like an imposter sometimes, but the, the highlight of this is the imposter syndrome. And this happens to a lot of people in the tech industry, especially, but I also feel like this probably propagates further than just tech. Um, and you said this was, this described you pretty much to a T (laughs) as well as myself. Um, So for those people who aren't aware of what the imposter syndrome is, um, it was first defined in 1978 by psychologists as the feeling of phoniness in people who believe they are not intelligent, capable, or creative, despite evidence of high achievement. Um, And that's not like a subtle jab at our, like, we're not like humble bragging about ourselves. It's, (laughs) it's... Like the imposter syndrome in its most pure form is like you're at work and then like someone comes up to you and like asks you a question and you give them an answer and you're like going about your day and you're just like, oh my God, that person just trusted my opinion with a question to the point where they think I know what I'm doing. Like they're just like, I've just been skating by, by flying by the seat of my pants this whole career. Like, oh my God, I am not qualified for this. Like you just have this moment where like, you just have a big moment of self-doubt. Um, no. And, and I think I, almost everyone has felt some sort of way that something similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, you, you are working through your company with several years, you becomes quite successful and you're like, do I really belong in this position? Am I the right person for this job? Am I making the right decisions? If people, you know, below me come for me to come to me for, uh, authority and to say, okay, this is what you should do. And this is how you should go about doing a particular task. And then you start second guessing yourself. Was that the right decision? Is it, you know, people have, a lot of people are in this position. I think it's a, a real um, issue. I don't, I'm not sure what the solution is or how to, you know, improve people's, you know, you know, um, I could go as far as to saying like, so the, you said a lot of people, that number is an estimated 70% of people in tech-related fields. So that's a large number. And their sample size includes um, like just about like a, like a little, maybe like around like 100,000 people between like Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Uber, Facebook, and Apple. 
Um, but one way I think that people can mitigate the imposter syndrome is probably just turning off social media every once in a while, like limiting, limiting your use of social media, um, in some way, like, uh, I don't know if you definitely listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk, right? Um, mm-hmm. they went into a little bit of how, um, Elon Musk had uninstalled most social media from yeah. his phone. Uh, like especially any goes into, especially Instagram. And I think that is especially an issue when it comes to, um, the imposter syndrome, just because Instagram is like, you see everybody's lives at its best and yeah. you see everybody achieving everything. And the photos are all edited and they're tailored and, um, done up and filtered and they pick the best picture and all that stuff. And it looks like people are leading these fantastic, amazing lives when in right. reality, they're not like they're leading a normal life. There are, there are definitely high points in everyone's oh, life, sure. right? But there's yeah. low points and you don't share those in on social media. So if you just see, Oh, like this person is just happy and they're enjoying their lives. They're successful at work. They're doing everything right. But you don't see all the bad stuff. Yeah, because no one's bad stuff doesn't get likes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So people are like second guess, am I doing things right? What am I doing wrong that this person, you know, is is all happy and everything's perfect for them and it's not for me. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I think is a huge issue. And I think yeah, Instagram is one of the worst of them because it's very visual medium. mm -hmm. Um, it's uh, easy to share, you know. Yeah. The fun times that you have. Um, in your life. Yeah. And Facebook is another one too, just because that's kind of a, the secondary place. Um, and that like seeing other people lead these happy lives, um, just like kind of eats at people's self-confidence, uh, when they're constantly comparing themselves to other people. And, um, there was a kind of a response video that was done by Casey Neistat and he, um, points out some of the very some very similar topics to what we're talking about right now, um, and I think that it just kind of rings true into the imposter syndrome and the state of being that a lot of people feel like they're in at this time. And um, there was a quote that was thrown around uh, by uh, Musk and Th- and uh, Joe Rogan that was a Theodore Roosevelt quote, which was um, "Comparison is the thief of joy." Um, and people have the imposter syndrome because of these expectations that they've set for this career and for other people. And they're like, Oh, there's other people who are living way better lives than me, have these like amazing jobs and go on these like crazy cool adventures. But in reality, like they don't stop to think about what they contribute and like, they don't quantify what their contributions are. Um, Mm -hmm. so in reality, comparison is actually the thief of joy, especially in, today's world when you have so many ways to compare yourself to somebody else be it visual by text if you want to go on linkedin you can check someone's career out and like go through literally go through their entire career and see all their achievements that they have posted which are just it's an archive of their success um and and most people don't post uh like you know Places where they have been fired or, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, they leave that stuff out because, yeah, that doesn't doesn't look good. And and when you don't and when you all you see is success, it's like really makes you second guess. Like, mm-hmm. what, 
yourself and that's not healthy. Um, and I think most more people need sort of that positive reinforcement, letting them know that they are doing the right thing. They are being successful in whatever field that they're in, whatever their job that they're doing as well as in their personal life. Yep. Um, and I think, I don't know. I'm thinking how could we solve this less social media? You think less, less posting, I think just taking a break every once in a while. Yeah. Like just, and just, just, yeah, just, you know, be with yourself, enjoy your life. Don't care about what other people are doing with theirs. Yep. Focus on yours, focus, focus on your own personal well-being, and, and do what you think is the best for you. Not what other what you think might be the best based on other people's, yeah. what other people are doing. And like center yourself in what makes you happy. Like I have like uh, coming up later in the year, like my birthday is coming up and then you have like the holidays. So it's like a time to be with family and with friends and focus on like your interactions with them and appreciate them for the roles that they have in your life. And like on top of that, like I always take off on my birthday. Like I don't need that vacation, but I've always been under the mentality that you should take a vacation before you need it, not when you need it. Yeah. Um, and like it's it's just like a dumb little thing, but like that's my day, you know. <laughs> like that's just something that I've always viewed as like my birthday is a day that I always have had off or have always done something different on that day. So it's like something that centers me and it kind of brings me back into my own world and pulls me out of other people's worlds. Like we took a, a staycation also earlier this summer after I'd moved and I disconnected a lot of myself from social media where uh, I wasn't on like Reddit as much. I wasn't on Instagram as much. And I just kind of focused on just enjoying the moment. And I think that was like, among probably the happiest I've been in a while. So like that kind of stuff is really healthy for you. And I think that would, that could help curb the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like it's normal to think that you're not qualified for something and like you're in this really bad situation, but it's not always the case where it's actually true. So, um, people just need to take a step back and look at their own lives and yeah. quantify what makes them happy. I think that's that's really good advice, and I should take that uh, advice and actually use it. Because this my past, I had my birthday back in July, and I didn't take a day off. I was kept working. Mm -hmm. It's just like any other day. It's my day. You no, know? <laughs> <laughs> they're not taking and, that from me. <laughs> and yeah, now, now they mentioned it, I probably should have taken it off, and you know, you know, focus on myself and not you know, getting whatever job I need to get done that day. Yeah. That take a vacation before you need it, not when yeah. you need it. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Even if that means that you're taking a vacation sometime in the future, take the, take your vacation on my birthday. We'll do something on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll both celebrate it, but uh, yeah, yeah, either way, um, it's just something that is important and like, it's like kind of, I feel like it's kind of cheesy to say like achieving Zen, but like, that's kind of what it leads to just like doing things that make you happy and doing things that center yourself. Um, and that's, that, that is it for the psychology and advice column on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think moving back into technology, we probably, it, we, it, it does tie in because there are people behind these devices that come out that work countless hours. So 
it ties in. It's not just us going on a, a feel good rant. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's a yeah. good, it's a good, uh, it's a good warm up for the, the final topic of our, of our podcast. Yeah. So now that you've walked away from your phone and taken a break, now here's a chance for you to buy a brand new one from yeah. a fruit company in California. It's the, not only a fruit company, but it's a trillion dollar fruit company. Um, they have new iPhones. Brand, <laughs> brand. Yeah. Well, that was it. New iPhone. Yep. <laughs> That's the end of the um, conference. So it was a good day. Talk yeah. to you later. See you in the next step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Apple had their uh, big September event. Uh, invites went out last week. A um, whole bunch of leaks happened in between there, as as they do. People, you know, it's a huge company. Everyone has their eye on them. People leak stuff um, all the time, and some of that was Apple's fault. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have official word on. Uh, all the new devices, not just phones in this case, not just phones um, that were announced today. So why don't we start off with the in, in the order that Apple announced them. So let's okay. start off with uh, the Apple Watch. So Apple Watch got, in my opinion, a, a huge update. Yeah. Uh, pretty much redesigned the way that the Apple Watch looks from the very beginning, zero, Series Zero, as as most people call it. Um, currently we're on generation series three, uh, and now they have launched mm-hmm. series four. Uh, the big, I think visual change is a bigger screen. Yeah. Reduced bezels, um, reduced bezels, which is a trend that's, uh, uh, seems like affecting every single device and now uh, devices on your wrist as well. Yep. Um, which I, I think it makes perfect sense. Um, on the wrist gives you more real estate without increasing the actual physical size that by that much it does increase a little bit but not that much while giving you more room to you know jam a lot of information into that tiny screen Mm -hmm. yeah Um, the uh the picture that they had for the apple watch when they the leaks came out was a little bit too busy for my take they had what nine complications on that screen at once there there was a lot of information on there but it it, i it makes sense if you just want to quickly glance at your watch and, you know, just take the information that you're interested in. But it does seem a little bit uh, overwhelming. If I ever need uh, to know my heart rate and the wind speed at the same time, then I'll buy the <laughs> Apple Watch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so with other updates, so they think uh, with the larger screen, they added uh, what else? Bigger um, louder speakers. So it's twice as loud as, as the last series. If you want to take calls on your uh, on your watch, don't do that, especially <laughs> in public. Yeah, <laughs> calls on your watch. Um, as and uh, a lot of changes happened on the back where all the sensors live. Yeah, the the new electrocardiogram features that they've added into it. Yeah, I, which I think is is huge. Can you go more uh, into that? Because I I largely missed that part of the conference. Yeah, so there uh, a whole bunch of updates got new sensors, all new sensors in the back, more accurate heart rate sensor. Uh, they redesigned the whole back. So now the entire back is made of ceramic, which I think also is to help with uh, reception mm-hmm. as well. But now they include an ECG or electrocardiogram that, like Matt said earlier, uh, which measures your, um, not your just heart rate, but your heart what is it? Your heart um, rhythm? Yeah. 
Yeah, so. so it's pretty much the same machines that you get attached to when you go to a hospital, right? The, those lines that you see the the when they bounce up and down to show you that your heart is actually uh, uh, beating. That's yeah. that's the type of device that'll go ahead and uh, read that, uh, which is uh, kind of crazy that it's on this small device. Um, they made a statement, which I don't know if it's true. It's the first off-the-shelf ECG consumer device uh, that is approved by the FDA. Over the first over-the-counter ECG device offered to consumers and has already approved by the FDA. Um, and and within this article, this New York Times article, it does say that. So I'm not the only one who thought this. They they might want to check that yeah. claim uh, first because I know the company called the LifeCore has been selling a device and I've used it uh, where you can connect this device where you just touch with two fingers and uh, with via Bluetooth, it sticks to your phone and it gives you a live ECG reading. Um, And you can send that data directly to your doctor. And that's been available for at least two years, maybe three now. Yeah, Uh, that's been out. And they also launched a watch band specifically for the Apple Watch that um, does that same thing in the watch band so they mm-hmm. can of course work put it into the apple watch itself but they had to work uh put it into the watch band so that that has been on the market and it's over anybody can buy it you can go on their website you can go on amazon and buy that right now um yeah the only claim that you might need to double check is the fda approval i yeah. think i'm pretty sure those are the approved devices but the cool thing is some of the the detection functionality that it offers so for example um the watch can detect when the wearer has fallen down Um, and if you've fallen it's designed to prompt you to alert emergency services and if it detects no motion after one minute it will automatically call emergency services which i think is is huge for especially the elderly uh, how's life how's life alerts doc doing (laughs) (laughs) i know that this is this is kind of this is kind of uh awesome yeah. Um, no, this for, is huge, especially like there's some people that I know who have a history of heart issues and like they use iPhones. And this is another reason to be like, hey, why don't you pick up this watch? Because you can do an ECG on the spot. Right. So, like, if you and have this a, is a lot of information that's being made available to um, uh, make made available to consumers, very readily available information about your body. Right. And that could be very useful for uh, detecting any potential health issues in the future, but also getting that information over to your doctor because you can always export that data. Um, Apple specifically mentioned just generating a PDF file from the, the Apple Health app and sending that off to a doctor and they can see the live uh, heart rate information and as well as now the mm-hmm. ECT information. Uh, and it could be huge. Um, yeah. I think Apple is really focusing on the health side with the Apple Watch. And I think um, a lot of Android Wear or Wear OS devices now aren't really focused on that. They are doing it, right? There are features yeah. that track, you know, your activity, the typical stuff, your heart rate, but they're not going to the depth that Apple is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the appropriate place for wearable technology on the wrist when it comes to um, like what its killer app is. Um, being a health tool more than it is just a note, a buzzer with notifications. 
I think that's yeah. like I think yeah. that will be the killer app for mm-hmm. wearables. Um, its ability to provide you with more accurate health readings than, um, or not even if it's more accurate, just if it's more readily accessible to a remotely accurate um, health check. Because we know the the heart rate sensors are one hundred percent accurate. There's always some variables that can happen, or um, for example, there may be some hiccups with the motion functionality on this that we haven't seen yet um, and that hasn't been reported on just because these aren't out yet. But um, it's, I think those will be the killer apps. And um, I think the chat makes a good point saying that doctors having access to getting these reports prior to appointments can help lead to better treatments and they could say like oh okay like this patient looks okay but for example like if they've had a few like weird readings from the watch during their ecg if it's scheduled to run at x many times a day or if they've run it before they go to the doctors they can be like okay maybe i should ask him these questions or like ask her these questions about their health um to see if i can get to the root of what may be an underlying real problem and prevent a heart issue because heart disease and heart attacks are like the most common thing that kill people in the country. Yeah. So like that's in the U S at least. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they actually had the president of the American heart heart association on stage and uh, he described the ability to uh, uh, really um, it's a game changing device. Uh, and he specifically pointed out the evaluation of atrial fibrillation, which shortly uh, is called uh, AFib, which mm-hmm. is uh, a huge issue because it's, it's, it's regular heartbeats, yep. rapid heartbeats, increases people's risk in strokes and heart, heart failures. And it has a notification uh, where it says they might be detecting uh, an AFib uh, um, event. Yeah. That were you know and it really i think it promotes people from being proactive about their health not reactive because i think a lot of people are reactive currently like yo if something happens to me and now i'll take care of it now you can see if something is slowly creeping up and leading to something more serious but you if you can if you can take care of it earlier on increases your chances of you know having a a better life in the future yeah no definitely and that's it's huge it's something that it means a lot to me, especially um, having lost my mother to a heart attack. So like that's like this could help people and help those things not happen in the future, which I think is massive, even if it's just some basic information that can be provided to doctors going forward. Like, I think this was the actual highlight of this conference. Yeah. Like not the phones. The phones are boring (laughs) just as a spoiler compared to like what this watch is capable of and how good this can be, especially since it has you can get what SIM functionality for it, too. So like it doesn't even need to be connected to your watch in order to broadcast a signal to emergency services. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So they did increase the prices. So if you wanted to get one, they are going to be more expensive. Uh, than the current version. So the prices start at $399. Previously, the prices started at uh, $329. So it is a a significant increase, I think, in my opinion. But they did add a lot of hardware um, uh, to it, a lot of extra features. And I think in the future, those prices will be coming down as it becomes more, you know, they start manufacturing more. Yeah. Uh, You can pre-order them them on uh, Friday, 
this Friday and then you'll get it shipped out next uh, Friday on this 21st. Um, Very nice. All your old um, Apple Watch bands will are still compatible. So even though they change the size a little bit and increase the screen size, all if you are one of those people who have uh, an, uh, an Apple Watch band, uh, different Apple Watch band for every day, uh, <laughs> you don't have to replace all of them. Uh, you can keep using your old one. You speaking from experience there? No, no, I just uh, have okay. one. All right. I haven't bought any. Yeah, uh, ju- I just have one. I'm, I'm just speaking of people who I've seen online who literally own almost every single one that Apple has released, Jeez. which is kind of they have like an addiction to them. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a fashion piece. It is. Tech, is, tech is very much a fashion thing. And I mean, that only goes into back when the Series Zero came out, because in order to make the Apple Watch a possibility, they poached the head of design from Burberry. So that's like just another another uh, credence or lending of that given to their design team. So oh, in the beginning of the when they before they announced the, the Series Four, they said that the Apple Watch is the number number one selling watch in the world not just smartwatch watch period which is <laughs> so, kind of crazy and I, one of my um one of the guys who works on my team is a, is a big watch guy and i know that if he's listening he just like choked a little bit on those words <laughs> when you said that they're the the, the best-selling watch <laughs> watch enthusiasts will be quick to deny that as actually yeah. being a legitimate fact but um but yeah that's it is what it is yeah. Um, uh, watches weren't the only thing that were that were announced by Apple next. Unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, the brand new updates to the iPhone, uh, they launched three different iPhones uh, for uh, this uh, holiday quarter holiday uh, season. Right. So before we uh, start with this, before yeah. you name them, I just want to give you a, a conspiracy that I have going on right now. Okay. With, these, right. New, with these new names. Mm-hmm. Um, so you remember last year we joked about the iPhone X mm-hmm. and how people were just going to constantly call it X and they weren't ever going to call it 10. And like yep. you hear it and you've heard it all year referred to like 50, 50, they're either yep. X or 10. Yep. Now, I think that they just decided to keep the X, but just add a bunch of stupid crap at the end of it in order to make saying X as hard as possible. (laughs) Because what are you going to say? Are you going to say the iPhone XR, the XS, the XS Max, which is like I'm almost out of breath just from saying one of those. Or are you going to say the 10R, the 10S or the 10S Max, which like rolls off the tongue and sounds nice. Like, do you think that was intentional? I think it was. Uh, the tinfoil yeah, I mean, hat is screwed yeah, on tight right now. <laughs> it, but I, I, I see where you're going with that. It, it's kind of interesting. And they just completely skipped iPhone 9. They're making it. It's just not going to yeah, exist. They're making just saying 10 roll off the tongue as easily as possible. Yeah. With their new is phones. it something with the number 9? Because Windows skipped 9 as well. What's with the number 9? I don't know. I have no idea. No that's, one likes none. That's another conspiracy theory. Is it because seven, eight, nine? I don't know. That's a lame joke, but <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe it's the show's done. Just maybe end the show right there. Maybe Tim Cook is really shook by the number nine, kind of like how much of Asian culture is shook by the number four. Yeah, like maybe that's just how that is. Like the number, maybe. yeah, or maybe he just really doesn't like the Beatles with their song uh, number nine but like who knows yeah. there's plenty of reasons that he may hate that um 
but yeah, the, the new phones are like, they're kind of neat. It looks like we yeah. have a, a new, um, a successor to the five C that came out with the 10 uh, R, yeah. um, which is just like a, it's, it's, I say successor very loosely because it's a $750 phone. Um, <laughs> and it's not made of plastic yeah, like the five C was. It's made of glass and aluminum. It has less features of the the newer iOS devices like um it doesn't have an OLED panel it doesn't have 3D touch it doesn't have um what is it, it doesn't have dual cameras. It doesn't have dual cameras does it have wireless charging do you know that uh, I think it might they didn't explicitly say it didn't so yeah. I'm assuming it does cuz it has the glass back yeah i would assume the glass back is a lend to the fact that it that, that it didn't compromise our wireless charging. Yeah. Um, it's, it looks like it may be using the same sensors as like the older iPhone device, maybe for the, for the, uh, the front cameras, the depth sensing technology, or maybe it's the same as the, the newer I think, ones. Uh, I think it is the same as the same processor, mm-hmm. um, as the newer phones. And, um, they touted, I think the same improvements in terms of the speed for unlocking with face ID. So I don't think they made any sacrifices there. Yeah. Uh, but I think the mostly it's, it's the, the uh, dual cameras on the back um and like you mentioned 3d touch and an lcd screen and a slightly thicker bezel around the edge yeah uh than um the newer uh, iphones with the oled screen i think that has less to do with the like the design choice of the phone and more so with just the it's that shape is a weird limitation for lcd panels yeah currently yeah yeah. so i think that's why it's got a thicker edge than the other phones they just couldn't push the screen out that much with the current technology that's available yeah um that's why how samsung had to wrap theirs around the corners but yeah that's beside the point yeah yeah so uh, it's going to have a starting price of, where was it? Of the, this. Uh, which excess. one? Oh, the 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 XR, the one yeah. we're currently t- talking about. It's going to have a starting price of $749. Um, it's not going to launch till late middle of October, towards the late, a little over a month from now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take some time. Uh, if you want the, f- the brand new phones now, you're going to have to look at the two other phones that uh, I, uh, Apple has launched, which is a successor to the uh, last year's iPhone 10. Uh, it's an S year, so it's a slight bump mm-hmm. in terms of performance. And you could argue that it's not a slight bump in terms of performance, but it's a fairly significant bump. Uh, they have updated uh, their processor to the A12 Bionic. I don't know why they add the Bionic name to the end of the processor. It makes it sound cool. And people are like, ooh, I want the Bionic chip. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just dumb marketing. Um, it, 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 now, one key feature of the processor, this includes all the new iPhone 10 models that they launched. Now, Apple is in the business of uh, making their own GPUs. So pre- in previous iPhones, they were using other uh, manufacturers GPUs within their own chips. So as, as most probably know, Apple has been making their own CPUs for a very long time since the iPhone 5S. Um, but now they're in the game of uh, of making their own GPUs as well, and now really getting down because we we saw the performance improvements one day once they moved to making their own CPUs, and and I think the the it's going to be huge for them making their GPUs as well because they can really nail down the performance. They 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 build the hardware for and the software together 
so they can program it really efficiently, get really high end performance out of these chips. And they showed up some uh, uh, exciting games. One, I think I'm pretty sure you might be excited about a Skyrim game. Oh, Skyrim on another platform. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) And it looked pretty, pretty awesome in terms of the graphics performance. Uh, so that was a significant update within there. They also um, upgraded their neural engine within the new CPU, the A12. And that's a huge, uh, it, they went from a dual core neural engine to an eight core neural engine, which is a huge. It's a bit of a um, And they, they talked about the, the old one could do, I think, 600 million um calculations per second. And this new one does like five trillion or something like that. So it's a fairly big bump in, in terms of the, the uh, you know, AI and, and neural uh, calculation capabilities, which could be, you know, huge for, for machine learning oh, yeah. directly on the device itself. So they don't have to, what's one of the key messages from Apple? They don't have to send all this data to outside server where you all do this analysis. They can do a lot of that or almost all of it locally. Yep. And that's how, that's how they play up their, you know, big privacy uh, message that everything stays local to your phone. Mm-hmm. So that was a big processor update. Um, like better screens. Oh, and they also launched a bigger version. So I feel. just a quick, just to, yeah. let me to interrupt you for a minute. The yeah. 10S is the same size as the 10, yeah. which they're, um, something we haven't mentioned, they're discontinuing, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Which yep. is weird. No longer on sale. Yeah. It just, that seems strange to me that they wouldn't. You would sale. think that it would fit nicely between, you know, in the middle, like around $800, $850 between the XR or the 10R. Yeah. <laughs> the 10R and the 10S, you know, just keep it in there. If people, you know, still want the iPhone 10 look, but don't want to pay the $1,000 price tag. Yeah. I rest my I case about it being harder to say. but yeah no i i agree i think that's something that is understated uh it would fit nicely but it doesn't make sense that they just got rid of it like that i don't know maybe the maybe that stands with it were the eights selling better than the tens i don't know because they said the tens were selling i'm pretty sure well yeah they so i think i think the eights were pushing out more units but the iphone is was 10 was pretty much bringing in the same amount if not more money because of the higher cost Mm -hmm. right so i've seen more i feel like i've seen more eights in the in the wild or maybe that's just because I can't tell the difference between an eight and a seven when a phone's in. Yeah, case. that's true. I was just about to say it. It's really hard to tell which one you're looking at unless you're looking at the back of them. Yep. Yeah, um, we have to see the back. Look. And yeah, how many good. people use those phones without a case? That's <laughs> very true. Yeah. Very true. I think you're so, one of yeah. the exceptions. Um, no, I, I I use mine with a case. I use it with a case. Oh, yeah. I have been since day one. Yeah, I, um, I my Pixel with that one. So living on the edge. I like to live uh, life on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, like you mentioned, iPhone 10 S is the same size as last year, iPhone 10. And now they've uh, announced a plus model, but they're like, we can't call it a plus model because we already use that name. So let's go with max. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they have the 10 S max, same exact specs um, as the iPhone 10 S except for the battery because you have the more room to put a bigger battery in there. So they touted uh, a larger, bigger battery life. Um, and that phone starts at uh, 1099. So over a thousand dollars is the starting price for 
uh, that 10s max phone. Yeah. Uh, they had a big, big improvements in terms of, uh, camera um not in not hardware specifically but i think a lot of improvements are related to um the processor and how can it make can better analyze pictures quickly um it they they uh, said something about hdr plus or something like that um i forget the exact name that they used but i think it's um similar to you know google's hdr uh, mode that's on current pixel phones that's really quite amazing mm. and i think uh they had to do something like that to bring it up to a uh, speed because i think uh pixels are still one of the top phones out there in terms of of getting consistently good pictures right any yeah. camera in the right hands will take amazing pictures but if you just want to take it out of your pocket cap take a quick snapshot uh pixels were still one of the best phones for yeah. you to do that and the asterisk and get at the apple event additional hardware may have been used is very very much like the case for a lot of those photos i'm sure that yeah. there were a lot of fancy lenses that were made for smartphones and there, there was a couple of tweets that we had seen out there i may retweet one or two of them uh on the yeah. iPhone channel, so keep an eye out. It's pretty fun to keep up with Twitter <laughs> while watching the keynote. Um, yeah, so that that's uh, pretty much. I don't know if you had any other comments with the iPhones. Your opinions? Are you going to switch to the dark side? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things I don't like know. that. It's. I really need to see. Um, I really need to see the. What was that? What was I going to say? I need to see how Pixel comes. Yeah. Out. I yeah. also yeah. now I'm also adding the OnePlus 6T into the running because I have T-Mobile mm. and I could just finance that through my T-Mobile plan. That makes that a little bit of an easier purchase for me. Um, yeah. And also I'm not ready for a new phone just yet. The Pixel 2 that I have is working just fine. Um, so, yeah. and like, like, like how we've been kind of joking the whole show, like we're kind of a peak phone like it's a new phone yeah. cool like but this is like one of the first years where i'm like not that excited mm-hmm. new phone yeah um, but yeah i don't know and the i keep getting stuck on the naming for these it's it's, it's a bit messy oh one thing that we mentioned about the uh the 10r oh. there's colors oh yeah the fun fun colors. so you did mention the the relation to the 5c but we didn't mention the colors specifically right uh, there's some uh, fun colors, of course. You have the typical white and black, uh, but they also have red, blue, yellow, and yellow. Um, uh, I think I think the ten ten R the ten R will be the most popular, of course, because of the price too. Because not everyone can afford a thousand dollar plus phone. Also, like the features um, that they're sacrificing aren't really that big of a deal. Yeah, because now you get the face ID, you get the bigger screen, all those advantages. It's a large screen size, it's six point one inches. If you take a look at that, right now the eight plus and the seven plus and the previous plus version of the phones were the actual screen size was five point five inches. You're still getting a bigger screen. Um, so you can, you have more real estate for, you know, looking at photos, like watching video. Um, so you still get the benefit of that. And, um, yeah, I think most people don't, aren't really don't care about, you know, the high tech OLED screen, um, and, and all those. And, and uh, yeah, for most people, the XR will just do fine. Yeah. 
Um, we can talk about the things that Apple didn't mention that we were hoping that they would mention. Um, so there's a lot of rumors about new iPads, new MacBooks, and I think they're going to move that to an October event uh, later on. It was just too much to fit into one event. It would make it like a three-hour keynote. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they didn't want to launch everything all at once. So then we might see a October event later on in the year from Apple um, of those new, um, yeah, like rumored new iPads with etched screens again and uh, updated um, laptops, the lower end laptops, especially looking at a, a MacBook Air replacement uh, in the future. But one thing I want to talk about, no mention of air power. Yeah. The the yeah. mat, the yeah. charging mat that was teased when they launched iPhone 10 last year. It's like they said, come in in 2018. 2018 is almost over. We just had another iPhone event. Zero mentions of the air power mat. Zero mentions of an updated um, AirPod, which I don't know what they can update that will make people buy it again. I don't know. Um, which I... But zero mentions of it. What's going on with the air power? Do you have another conspiracy theory in you, Matt, for tonight? <laughs> not with that you, one. You, no, not, not with that one. No, but I, I do like the, uh, to go back to my actual conspiracy theory, I do like the, the sec, this, even the New York Times article that we have has a segment dedicated to pronunciation on this. Um, <laughs> and they were saying that uh, saying XS out loud sounds like the word excess. And iPhone excess is not very good for branding. Um, so I wonder maybe next time we may see a deviation from this name. Um, and also people apparently at the event, I missed this, um, were joking for the 10s Max. Um, now it's uh, the iPhone tennis match and iPhone <laughs> tennis for 10s. So iPhone tennis and tennis oh. match. So um, I think that's pretty good. I didn't even realize that 10s is like a tennis thing. So iPhone tennis. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the end of my conspiracy. That's all I got. Um, but yeah, the the Apple Watch, I think, was my big takeaway from this as being the big the big device. Yeah, they have. Um, yeah. But um, so, yeah, we didn't talk about yeah. the launch date. So, again, it's the yeah. same as the Apple watches, uh, like we mentioned earlier in the show. Pre-orders start this Friday. And then if you are lucky enough to pre-order this Friday, because I'm sure they're going to sell out fairly quickly uh, for these new t iPhone 10 models, except with the exception of the XR, which is launching in the middle of October, uh, a long, a long ways away. You can get these this Friday and then by uh, September 21st, you should have them um, in your hands. You can go to a store or if you pre-order, you'll get it shipped out to you uh, by then. Yeah. And you can get up at uh, 3 a.m. on Friday morning because the, the pre-orders open typically at uh, midnight uh, uh, West Coast time. Which is 3 a.m. Eastern. So if you're on the East Coast and you want to be a crazy person and you want to get up at 3 a.m. <laughs> to buy an iPhone, you go right ahead. Yes. I say that I'm probably going to be doing that just so you know. Are you actually? <laughs> You'll find out right. Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see. But uh, but yeah. That's, so. a, that's a tease. Yeah. 
Tune in next time to see if I, Irvin wastes his money and orders an iPhone. Oh, maybe if, if that's the case, maybe we, and I, I, I hate committing to this because we never do it, but it would be nice <laughs> if we did like some kind of a review video, maybe. Yes. Um, yeah. Just like, just a iPhone take on the the most obtuse named Apple device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but I think aside from that, Unless you had anything else, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, well, then, the, just to lead off with that, that was... Um, oh, wait, the one thing I did want to mention um, was... Uh, shoot, what was it? There was something I wanted to bring up. The recycling thing for the Apple event that they talked about. I don't know if you pay, I don't know if you were paying attention at that point, but they brought out, um, one of their head, uh, like per, one of their head people for their manufacturing. And they were talking about their, the fact that Apple is now 100% renewable. So all of their devices are made with 100% renewable energy. And they also have a new recycling program where you can, it's, it's like their give back program where you can give them that your old iPhone and they will give you a value for it if it can be used um, and they, it can be resold to other people or if it can't, uh, they will responsibly recycle the device. So this answers a huge problem that Apple has had in its past where Apple is historically one of the worst offenders when it comes to hard to recycle devices. Um and I think that that's a, a big thing that kind of went under the radar at this event, um, that they're taking huge steps to push towards a more renewable energy source, as well as promoting recycling of their devices, whether it's uh, through resale to another person so the device has another life or um, recycling it responsibly so that way it's um, just handled better, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But that's something that I think went understated and I'm... Uh, it's good to see that Apple's focusing on that as well as just releasing a bunch of smartphones with long names. But um, yeah, but like I said, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, if you guys liked what you heard, um, then feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or uh, Stitcher. And if you wanted to go ahead and drop some comments on Podbean as well. That is where we call our home. You can find us there at industry40, all spelled out, dot podbean dot com. Uh, for those of you in the stream, our social media is above. You can find us all at industry40, all spelled out, um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and if you wanted to follow up with us and listen to us after the fact, if you're someone who is a new listener or listening to us on Twitch, you can check us out at literally any podcasting application that includes itunes google play music stitcher um you name it we're there so um with that being said uh this has been episode 67 and we'll see you guys in the next one take it easy